welcome to another episode of Eat Shit and Dice, a fortnightly podcast about board games and sometimes food. I'm Jared, and with me as always is other name, <laughs> John D. And this week we're talking about episode subject. <laughs> See, okay, so normally normally we'd obviously we'd fill in the blanks Mad Lib style, but this, this, this episode's, um, we're doing it about... Uh, what are we doing it about, John? D? I'll let you talk uh, about print it. Print your own fun. We're talking about print and play games. So I thought it would be funny to just strip away all of the theme and just read that like I'd never seen human writing before. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny, Jared. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, hey, John D. Yeah, for, Jared. I got to turn this down. These mics are hot. Hot. Uh, for the people that... Actually, it's not the mics. It's just our headphones. Uh, for for the people who don't know, what is a print and play game, John D? So there's basically a print and play game can be a game. It can be one of two things, really. One, the basic definition is a game that you can literally print and cut it out and just play it. You can just make it at home and play the game. And now why would anyone ever want to do that? Well, it's it's a game that you can basically play for free. You can, you don't have to go to the store and buy it. Um, There's a couple different reasons that you would want to do it. One reason is a lot of games that you might see on Kickstarter, there are a lot of companies that will offer a version of the game that you can print and play before you back it. Yes, sometimes those have um, a lot of the art assets removed so that they're easier for you to print. Mm -hmm. And also, maybe they have some kind of license uh, agreement with their artist where they can't distribute the art like that. Right. So that's one reason that you might want to do it is you're maybe on the fence about whether or not you want to back the game. So you print and play the game and figure out if you even like the gameplay. Yes, yes. Um, And I told John D I was going to tell this story. The game Scoville had a print and play before it was actually on Kickstarter. And I printed it out at my parents' house. And when I was going there to print it because they had a printer and I did not. Oh, yes, I have told this story before, kitten. Um... I, it was it was snowy. It was the middle of February, and I was driving down. They live at a hill. I was going down the hill really slow because I was like, oh, it's going to be icy. I better go real slow. And everything was fine until I got to the bottom and kept going and didn't turn <laughs> and ran into the neighbor's mailbox. The mailbox was fine. It survived. So it's all Tasty Minstrel's fault. Um, I don't know if they had picked the game up at that oh, point. Okay. Maybe. So it was all Ed Ed uh, mm-hmm. Ed Marriott. Mary, Ed Marriott's fault. One of the five board game designers you know the name of. Yeah. <laughs> and only because I've told this story so many times. That and I've played Scoville enough times that I've seen his name yeah, yeah. on the box um, enough times. Because that was on my 10 by 10 list. Yes, yes. So, yeah. Well, cool. Okay. So, Jared, what's the other reason that you would want to, to print and play a game? Um, all right. Well, sometimes people will design games that they know aren't going to get published and they may do it as a print and play. They may just release it and say, look, I, Hey, I designed this game. I just want people to play it. I know it's not going to make me any money. I I just, I just want people to play this game that I work so hard on. So they'll just release the files for free on their website. And occasionally what will happen is a game company will in fact come around and say, hey, that game you made, we want to buy that. Specifically, what the example that I'm talking about is um, there was a guy that really liked the Battlestar Galactica board game, but the setup time was too much for him or, or some such thing. So he made it into a dice game called BSG Express. Ah, yes. And that game is now published by Stronghold as Dark Moon. Yes. Um, and there are several print, print and plays out there that later on became published games like uh, Root. Uh, Vast. Although, although Root is not yet published. It, but it had a very, it had a successful Kickstarter. Yes, yes. Um, but there, there's lots uh, out there that were put, print and place first that later had um, successful Kickstarters that maybe weren't print and place because of their Kickstarters. They were print and place first. Yeah, and there's also uh, a rule on... Uh, the Reddit, the, the board game geek subreddit specifically saying, don't, don't post the files for your print and play re themes of love letter because people constantly 
our retheming love letter and posting pictures of it. And people are like, oh, that's really cool. Can I get the files? No, you can't actually, because you don't own the rights to that game. You've right. just taken Doctor Who pictures and put it on. You You can't. In many cases, you can't, uh, you know, distribute content like that. Basically, if you want to do that yourself at home, go ahead. But, you know, AEG is not going to appreciate people right. sharing those files. Right. They, they, I mean, their stance on this, as far as I understand, is we don't care what you do. Just you can't distribute it because that's our game. Right. That Seiji Kanai made and we paid him for. So we have exclusive distribution rights. If you want to make Ren and Stimpy love letter and play it with your friends, that's awesome. But. <laughs> 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 Well, did not know you had such strong feelings about Ren and Stimpy. Okay. Um. <laughs> well, anyway, so what we did is we found a list of what we think are some pretty cool print and plays. Some of these are still available. Some of these are not. Um, some have become retail products. Some have just, you know, maybe in one specific example, the creator took down the ability for you to download the game because they were like, oh, well. You know, I made this three years ago and it's not very good. And I'm going to remake it. And then they just never put it back up. But, you know, a lot of these games are games you can buy. And some of them are rethemes of games. That, and I'm not sure why they still are available <laughs> because they probably shouldn't yeah, be. Yeah, yeah. So if they sound cool to you, you might grab them before the company yes. says, uh, no. Yeah, there's one of these that I was like, oh, I better download the files for that before Asmodee finds out. Yeah. So, well, okay, let's, let's just, let's let's talk just about get into that this. one first. Yeah, let's, yeah, let's, let's do that it. one first. So we were, when we were doing research on, uh, on this subject, um, I found print and play files for Agricola Express, which is a dice-based version of Agricola. Uh, and if you don't know what Agricola is, it's a super heavy Euro farming game where you have to feed your people, uh, make sure your animals are taken care of, expand your farm, things like that. And it does take mm, probably about two or three hours to play. So speeding it up by taking away all of, you know, all of the mechanics and making it dice based. <laughs> uh, I, I'm it, honestly surprised that that one um, is on that it's, it's still the files are still up and that it's on BGG. Yeah, like, I'm really surprised that. So, yeah, if that one sounds cool to you, you might grab it before before Asmode Asmode says, oh, um, that's not cool. Y yeah, it's kind of. Here's the deal. You can't copyright the game mechanics. You can only copyright the expression of them. So, but they can copyright the name, the name, the art, uh, any iconography, uh, like you can make whatever card game you want. You can make any kind of collectible trading card game you want. But if you refer to turning the card on its side as a tap, that's no longer a trademark. It's not. Term. But Wizards of the Coast will still get on you about it. They will. They'll but still then be you like, can you say, can't use that. Then you can say um, it's no longer trademarked. I can use whatever term I want. Yes. But it's much easier for you as a content creator to just go, you know what? I don't want to mess with these lawyers. I'll just change it to something else. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Agricola Express may. It's like the, the Battlestar Galactica one. They took away the Battlestar Galactica theme and changed it a little bit. I mean, Dark Moon is basically still the same thing. As Battlestar Galactica, but they use different words. They don't say Cylon. They say like infected. But it, it, it's it's mostly the fact that it's called Agricola Express and uses Agricola's art and iconography. That's a problem. So it very well may, may be the case that at some point this Agricola Express game disappears from Board Game Geek, disappears from the Internet and reappears as something else. Could happen. Yes, it could. But Agricola Express seems really cool, and I have the files downloaded now. It could just be Farmer Dice Game. It could be Farmer Dice Game, yeah. I don't know. It, but, yeah. It, 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 you know, we'll see what happens. But if it sounds cool to you, if you really like Agricola but wish it didn't take longer, and also that it had dice, <laughs> check check it out. Oh. All right. Get, get out of here. Um. And Another one that yes. we had mentioned yes, John D. that is a re-theme of a game. Is, this, is it this one? Are you doing this one? Yes. Oh, yes. my gosh. 
So it looks real cool, but it's another one that I kind of think that... I don't care about this fandom at all. No, I don't. I don't. Well, I like the fandom a little bit. I used to watch it all the time. But you, it's another one that you might Let's grab Let's keep them before. in suspense. Yeah, it's another one you might grab before eventually the company... The company being a really cool company, but eventually they might be like... Mm. So you say that. Um, this is the one that I was talking about where the, the creator of the print and play has already removed the files. You can still find them. Oh, did, uh, yeah. So I didn't website. open it. So. Um, okay. So let's just talk about this. It's called my little scythe. It is a retheme of scythe set in the, my little pony universe. You play it pretty much exactly like scythe there. Some of the rules have been simplified because it's supposed to be like more family accessible, more children accessible, but it's still, it's got 90% of the same mechanics the, the guy's instructions say, go buy this very specific My Little Pony book that comes with these little figurines and use them. Like, glue them to a wooden, uh, the little round wooden nickel things. And like, all right, those are your pieces. Um, you know, I, Scythe I is a great game. I, I would, if I were playing it with like my nieces or something, I'd be like, look, hey, here's this really cool game. I'd play it once, just because, you know, it'd be cute. I just... I don't care about My Little Pony when, you know, like, what was it, like 2010, 2009, something like that. Whenever it, the show came back and everybody was freaking out about it, when the brony thing started happening, um, I was like, you know what? Everybody likes this show. Maybe I'm missing something. So I watched, like, the first two it episodes. It has Q from Star Trek. Um, I See, I didn't even know that. I mean, okay, so they don't call him Q, but John Delancey does the voice and the character is basically Q. Okay. Is that the little dragon thing? Yeah. Okay. His name's Discord. Oh, not what I was thinking at all. I was thinking the little, the little purple dragon. Spike. Oh, no, 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 is no, that no, his name Spike? Spike? Okay. No, there's a character in it um, named Discord um, that is basically. Now, based on what I know from toys, I'm going into Hot Topic. It's like a chimera. Is that what he is? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it, it's John Delancey does the voice and the character. Everything about okay. the character is Q. So um, it, I grew up in the 80s. And My Little Pony was popular in the 80s, so I had a lot of friends and yeah, I'm Rainbow Bright. I was more more interested in Rainbow Bright, but like shut up. If they brought that back, I'd be so excited. I, you know, like My Little My Little Pony, uh, Rainbow Bright, Strawberry Shortcake. All these things are like from I was my childhood. never into Rainbow Bright as or, or in not, I was never into My Little Pony as a kid. Oh, Although sure, my mother sure. says I was, I don't have a recollection um, of this. My sister must have been because we've my parents' house. We have some ponies from. Like, I think I had a few, but I don't remember ever being into the show or anything. Yeah. I know we're totally off topic. But we're not you know, really whatever. that far. But anyway, the, the point is, I'm not into the theme of this, but I think it's really cool. I wouldn't have thought of this. I wouldn't, I have, wouldn't thought, have like, either. you know what? I really love My Little Pony and Scythe. What can I do to combine these two I would things? have never thought of re-theming something like Scythe as anything like My Little Pony. No, I mean, no, that would have just all. never occurred to me, even a little. So... You know, they're not on this guy's website anymore, but if you do like a Google search, someone posted them on Reddit or 4chan or something. Um, I saw that the file was still downloadable. I downloaded it um, because I I had to see, like, how the heck did you do this? Um, And it, I mean, you know, I don't know who any of these characters are short of like Rainbow Dash and um, Pinkie Pie, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I can't say, like, like... Rainbow Dash, And there's, like, Pinkie the Doctor Pie. Who one. Oh, Doctor Hooves, that's not even a main character. Oh. Like, <laughs> okay. Well, that's anyway. That's, like, such an ancillary... <laughs> no, like, the main ones are, like, Pinkie Pie and Rainbow Dash and, um... Oh, Apple Fritter. What is it? Apple? Apple, Apple something. Apple, Apple Jack. Jack. Yeah, Apple, Apple Jack, yeah. Something like that. There's, uh... Oh man! Well, I anyway, we don't know what we're talking about. I knew about. them all. I, I watched like the first like three seasons. Well, see, I, I watched the first couple of episodes and was like, "Yeah, this isn't." I, Princess I'm, This Celestia. is a show for children that I'm not missing. And look, I'm sorry if you're a brony and you like that. That's awesome. I still watch Japanese Power Rangers. That's definitely for children, and I like that. So, you know, I'm not judging you based on the fact that you no. like My Little Pony. It's just I don't. I mean, I, ser- I, I seriously watched like the first three or four, or, like right up until I watched all the way up until whatever season. And if you watch this, you'll know exactly where this is. Right up until, um, um, Twilight. Twilight Sparkle. Twilight Sparkle. That sounds right. Right up until she became a. Um, well, spoiler warning. Hold on. Spoiler warning. Okay. Right, right up until she became a Pegasus. Mm, yeah, that doesn't mean. Until she, she became a princess. Why were they hu- human in the movie? 
I don't know anything about okay. that. Well, anyway, sorry to, to talk about My Little Pony for so long. Um, yeah, it, it just if you want to look for this one, it's on Google. Um, it was either I either found it on a Reddit post or a 4chan post that had been archived. So just like search on Google for it. Um, it. It looks really well done. I did not print this out to play it. And I think someone put it on Tabletop Simulator. So maybe you could look for it there. They put the My Little Scythe on? Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. Okay. So, now let's change gears. Not all print and plays... Are actually printing or at all. Right. There is a thing that we found called Viking Funeral. The rules have to be printed out. I mean, I guess they don't have to be. You can look at it on your phone. Yeah. But check this out. So, here's how it works. It's a kind of war game style card game. It uses a normal deck of cards. Um, but I do want to point out it's called Viking Funeral. And if you know anything about Vikings from popular culture, it's this. A, they wear helmets that are not the helmets that Vikings actually wore. And B, Viking funerals are a thing where they get set on fire and shoved out to sea. Yep. So the way this game works is you have you, you, you're playing this card game and you have to. Oh, wait, a minute. you know, here's a uh, disclaimer. You might want to play this card game somewhere where fire is okay. Yes, and probably with a deck of cards that you uh, were planning on throwing away <laughs> soon anyway. Yeah. Um, because in the rule book, it says, like, things you may need. Uh, you need an older deck of cards. You need a permanent marker. And you need scissors or a lighter because... I, I, I suggest a lighter because yeah, that sounds yeah. way funner. You... I don't know how to explain this. Um, we'll put a link to all, all of the things that, well, maybe not all of them. So not like the, my little pony one. the ones that are actually still available, we'll, yeah. we'll find links for, um, but, but you, you're playing the, uh, like a card game and it's based on numbers. Um, and I'll, you can read the rule book if you want to, but if you lose, you have to destroy the card, <laughs> which I suggest doing it with fire because Viking funeral. Yes. yes. Why would you not set your cards on fire? Unless you have those weird, like, wax-coated plastic ones. This would be a good ones. game to play if you're at a camp. Like, if you're camping Oh, yeah, out. if you're camping, toss you them in just the toss f- them yeah. in. Yeah. 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 Um, this, this is one of those games where you probably will look at the rule book and say, wow, that's really cool, and never play it. Yeah, probably. I mean, I don't think we're ever going to play this game. No, probably not. But maybe. Maybe we'll keep this in the back burner. <laughs> maybe, we'll <go> cam- <laughs> maybe we'll go camping and toss some cards in the fire. Can we? Can I wear a Viking helmet? Um, Maybe, but it has to be an actual Viking helmet, not the ones that are depicted in this art. Oh, I want to wear just one of those stupid Halloween ones. Yeah, so actual, here's a history lesson. Actual Viking helmets were masks that had yeah. ornate carvings on them. That was their entire yeah. family history. Yeah. Um, the Bugs Bunny style Viking no. helmets are the ones with the horns. The yes. Yeah, I, I know. But, you know, it's not like I can just run out and get myself a real looking Viking helmet. Sure. So sure. I'll just get a, a kill the wabbit one. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, I just think that it's really funny that you have to mark on these cards. Yeah, I know. Like whatever their hit points are, you have to. Like if you're playing a seven and they take damage, you have to like scribble out. I know. It's, it's cool. Fun. It's cool. Um, and that's. It's a legacy game. It is a legacy <laughs> game. It's from 2012. So you could argue that it's one of the first one of the legacy first games. legacy games. Oh, geez. Um, I would try this one. I would absolutely try this one. And actually, you know, it's really funny that you say that. Um, this guy's designed a few other games. Uh, most of them aren't really anything that you would have heard of. There's a few maybe of interest. But most importantly, most importantly of all, a little game you may have heard of called Risk Legacy. Is he involved with oh, that? Oh, he is. <laughs> so this is a game. This is a joke game. From an actual legitimate game designer. You know, this is at least worth clicking on the link that we're going to have in the episode notes and looking at it. Because this, I mean, this is an actual game designer. This is not just some guy that was like, I want to make a game where you tear up cards. This is, this is real, John D. This is real. Uh, okay. All right. I'm going to let you talk about the next one because I'm mad about it. Um, and you have 151 different plays. 
I do not have a hundred. Well, I mean, if you count like every like actual game where if you once you get to a certain amount of points, yeah, I do have 151 different plays. You did. You did. You did. Dude, you, did, dude. you did have uh, like 150 logged plays of this, I unless did. you went back and deleted them. No, I don't think I did. Cards Against Humanity is yeah. technically available as a print and play, and I know lots of people that have done the print and play. Yeah, I do too. Um, I don't really have the desire to print that. Never did have the it desire to It seems like more work Way than it's worth. More work. Because the but, game's I mean, like twenty five dollars, but it's the only game, the only way it was available at first for a little while. Yeah, for a little while. And then I honestly, I think that's it's really how the game gained its traction. Yeah. So you know, it, it started gaining all this attention because people are like, "Oh, guys, you got it! You got to print this game. It's hilarious!" And then it started really gaining this visibility, and then they started printing the game, and you could only get it. Through, I think, Amazon at first. Yeah, it was the, it was a Kickstarter at first, and then you could get it through them, mm-hmm. and th- and then through Amazon. Yep, and now you can get it through distributors. Yes, you can, your local you can game get it store. through maybe your local game store, depending on. Th- there's some complications with. I mean, there their, are some local game stores licensing. that started getting it from Amazon, and they just yeah. jacked the price up yeah. a little bit, and then. Um, now, now game stores can actually get it from, or you can just go to target because they always have 500 copies they of do. cards against humanity at target, which is really weird to me. Cause target seems like one of those, like, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like the kind of store that would that sell would a sell game cards like against cards against humanity. humanity, but they do, but they do, they yep. do. And they many of the expansions. Do. Uh, but and if you don't know what cards against humanity is, I, it's I'm, a card game for, it's a party game for horrible people. Yes. Um, I was, <laughs> I was watching the cats. Batting at each other. <laughs> I mean, we've talked about Cards Against Humanity a ton of times, so you can go yeah. back to some of our other episodes to hear us talk about how the game is played and why we're totally over it. Yeah, and if you don't care about our opinion about Cards Against Humanity, I 100% understand. Because every single time that someone said, let's play Cards Against Humanity, what they mean is, let's just look at all the cards and laugh at the thing that we've seen a thousand times. Mm-hmm. But that's okay. If that's what you're into, that's what you're into. Um if I'm playing a game made by the people that made Cards Against Humanity, I'd rather play Secret Hitler. Secret Hitler, which I love that game, but I'm kind of over it as well. Yeah, it's uh, for me. My main issue with it is that a lot of popularity from the game, um, I think, is only there because people think that it would be OK to make jokes about being Nazis. It's the same thing with like Cards Against Humanity, where you play the card and you're like, Oh, this card's about dead children. That's so funny. But inside you're like, man, that's actually really funny because I hate children. So I think a lot of people play Secret Hitler, take it too far. I see. I think we've been lucky in the fact that the people we play with uh, are mature adults. Are mature adults. <laughs> yes. Um, and, I, you know, we've had a lot of really fun games in playing Secret Hitler. And we've had a lot of really good times playing it. But... I think at least for me, the game has kind of outworn its its welcome. And it's, that's not to say that I won't ever play the game again and that I won't ever enjoy playing the game again. But for the most part, it's, it's, you know, I'm, I'm over it. It's just, it, you know, you can only make so many Holocaust jokes before your friends are like, Hey man, are you saying this as a joke because of the game? Or do you really think that the Holocaust is a lie? Oh, because God. there are I am not OK people. with Holocaust jokes, like <laughs> right. just to be clear. And I'm really again, I'm really glad that everybody in our gaming group are mature adults and yes. don't crack those jokes because it, Secret Hitler is it, it very, just like, very easily lends itself. Yeah. To these kind of and things. I'm really glad I, I'm. Yeah, no, which is no. sort of the point of the game, but for the opposite reason, like yeah. when they designed this game, they were like, look, um, jokes about Hitler. This isn't funny. You need to go into this game knowing this is not funny. This is a real thing that happened. And it's kind of tongue in cheek that we're like, hey, remember, remember, remember Hitler? Ha ha. But also it's like, hey, remember Hitler. Don't right, right. <laughs> be aware of what this game is about. Like, I felt like the game was kind of a an underhanded stab at the current state of things. Yes, I 100% agree with you that I think... Which we're not going to get into right, that. Right, we're not going to get just, into it. But, but I think when they when they made this game, it, it, it definitely has a political message behind it. Yes. But anyway, 
it started out, it also has a print and play. So yes. if you don't own the game and you don't want to go out and spend the money on the game, it, which I will say, the game, even the retail the version of the game has great nice, components. Yes. But if you don't want to buy the game and you just want to get together with your friends and have a few plays because it's a game that is just a party game and it's not going to have a huge amount of replayability, do the print and play, play a few, you know, play, do a few playthroughs, enjoy the game and move on. Yep. That's pretty much all I can yeah, say that's that. I mean, that's that's fair. OK, so we've talked about this game before, and I really think that it's a better game. If you have a group of people instead of playing Cards Against Humanity or Secret Hitler, if you have 10 or plus people, there's a really cool game called Two Rooms and a Boom. So you've described this game to me before, and it sounds really hectic to me. It's not that hectic. So you have to have a moderator for it. Um, And the way the game works is you have you'll have two rooms full of people and you'll split them evenly or as evenly as you can in one group of people is is blue. One group of people is red. The and I may get these backwards. um, The red people have a bomb. They have an assassin with a bomb. And it sounds like it probably red would be more associated with the bomb. Sure. I don't know. Um, The blue people have the president. Okay. So your goal, if you're on the red team is through, um, you know, social manipulation, getting your bomb guy in the room with the president. If you're the blue team, your goal is to keep them separated. So you're trying to assassinate the president, right? There's hostage negotiation, essentially sort of. Um, So in your room, You will mill around and you'll say like, hey, man, do you want to share colors? Do you want to share a full card? How do you want to do this? And you'll you'll hold your hand and you can either show just the color of the card. There's like a little stripe you can show or you can full on be like, oh, you're we're both blue. Okay, do you want to show full card? Because essentially you could be like, I'm the blue president. This guy is blue team. I got to make sure he knows I'm worth protecting. So, okay, hey, we're on the same team. Show full card and you can exchange information through that. You can't say, you know, just anything that you want to, but you can show your card stuff like that. There are certain roles in the game that have different rules that kind of break the game in different ways. Like, um, there's one guy who his stripe is the opposite color of the rest of the card. So you can be like, you want to share colors? Oh, sure. Oh, we're on the same team. Okay, cool. But really, if you showed the whole card, it'd be like, this is a spy. Oh, Okay. So you got to do like kind of social engineering to figure so out. So it's a who's really easy game to do a print play of. Then. Yes, yes, um, and it's timed. There's several rounds depending on how many players you have. So let me be like three rounds of five minutes each, three so minutes each. So you can just use whatever. a timer on your yes, phone. Yes, you can use a timer. You can use a stopwatch. But basically, then you want to go. Okay, it's time. We're doing an exchange. Pick people to send from that group over to this group, and you know you have a room leader that says, okay, well, let's send this guy, let's send this guy, and you do an exchange. And that's where the hostage negotiation stuff comes in? Yes, because then you're like, okay, all right, great. So we sent the bomb guy back over there, and we've got the president over here. So now all we have to do is keep him over there, keep keep them separated. Ah, but it's not that easy because there are other cards that force you to do things you don't want to do. So maybe there's a there's a third faction that's gray. So maybe it's like the Romeo and Juliet. Well, the Romeo and the Juliet want to either die together with the bomb or they lose. I think that's how they work. I don't know. It's been a, a, several years since I played this game. And um, there's people that are like, OK, well, if I share full card, we have to switch cards. So you well, might have been like, oh, I know that guy was the president, but I don't know what happened in the other room. Now this guy's over here. Oh, crap. He's the president. We lost. So, OK, this game sounds to me like less of a replacement for like Cards Against Humanity or Secret Hitler and more of a replacement for super lame games like a werewolf. Um, yeah, I would say that. But but mostly I was like uh, a lot of the parties, quote unquote parties that I've been to where we've played Secret Hitler or Cards Against Humanity. We've had enough people to play two rooms and a boom. Right. It's well, just see, nobody wants to learn a new game. Right. Um, but yes, I would say this is, you're, you're correct, this is more of a replacement for Werewolf. Werewolf is also available as a print and play because nobody knows who made it and it's not covered by any copyright laws. Right. I mean, because Werewolf, you've got things like Werewolf of Miller's Hollow, yeah. which actually has a publisher, or yes. like One Night Werewolf and that kind uh-huh. of stuff. But the actual Werewolf, you just print cards that say Werewolf, <laughs> yeah, werewolf or, or Villager, villager yeah. or, yeah, like, you don't even need to print cards, you just get note cards and write yeah 
and write on them. Like yep. you don't even need to, it's not a print and play. It's a get note cards and write <laughs> on them and play. Yes. So, I mean, uh, yeah, werewolf is a really easy print and play. Yeah. That wasn't on the list. Cause I didn't even think about it. I didn't even. Well, consider. I didn't think about it until you started talking about two rooms and a boom. And I was like, Right, this is a replacement it. for werewolf. Um, and it sounds like a way funner replacement because we've, yes. I've talked about how much I hate werewolf. Yes. Yes. Werewolf. I think it's like the lamest party game. Werewolf ever can be fun. It can be fun. I don't like it at all. Well, see, okay. So as you know, for me, every game is a role playing game. So if I'm playing werewolf, I'm, I'm, I get into it, but it's but you're always not allowed to do anything. No. And it's so frustrating when I'm like, I am, I'm the seer. I know for a fact who is a werewolf. I can't tell you that. I can just you be like, you can't talk. You can't. That guy's a werewolf. That guy's a that that guy's probably a werewolf. But Let's vote for him. I mean, and everyone goes, oh, you're so quick to accuse, huh? You're a werewolf. I'm like, I'm not. I promise you that I mean, I'm not a werewolf. You're not allowed to say anything. You're oh, not allowed to do I, anything. Oh, you cool, can't. cool. You killed me because I was the seer and I told you that the guy was a werewolf. You didn't listen to me. Cool. Thanks. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I hate that game. I just legitimately hate that game. So yeah, two rooms and a boom. <laughs> yeah, two rooms and a boom sounds fun. Um, I remember the first year that it was coming out, we were at Origins and you really wanted to play it and we just couldn't ever oh. get over there. Oh, no, 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 no. What happened was you had to buy a ribbon. You had to buy like a $2 yeah, yeah. ribbon that would let you play like Werewolf and The Resistance. And I was like, I don't I don't want to play any of those other games. I just want to like... just wanted to play two rooms and a boom. I just want to play this game. Is can I Can I just like give you the $2 and play that? And they're like, no, it's a whole thing. You gotta play Werewolf. And I was like, I don't... That's right, because you had to play all the games. Yes! And we did not want to spend time I playing... Wanna, I just wanted to play the one game. We did not want to play the other games. And they were like, no, you have. it's an event and you have to you play have to, it all you the have, games. You play Werewolf first and then we give you a card and you take it. You take that card to this other place, you play this other game, and then you That's take... That's right. I was like, I don't want to do all that. <laughs> we did not I will pay you the games. money. I'll pay for the event, but I only want to play the one game. And they're game. like, no, you have to, it's an event and you have to play it all the games. And we were like, we don't want to play the other games. <laughs> I was like, I'm not playing werewolf. <laughs> I was like, I absolutely will not play werewolf. I remember it's just that so now. Stupid. I was not willing to play werewolf, and I believe you were with me on that. Yeah, because I didn't want to spend like eight hours. Because it wasn't like, oh, you, you when you die, you get you get to leave. It was like, no, okay, you stay until you the stay whole there. game is over. And there were like 20 people in the game. Which, oh my god, <sighs> anybody that hasn't played werewolf, let me tell you. If it's a big game of werewolf, you will sit there. Oh, hold on. Go, for... to, go to sleep. Go to sleep. Oh, and let me tell you how long you sit there while they decide who they're going to kill. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's well, the worst we, game ever. John, do you remember when you were like, oh, man, this is going to be a really hard episode. I don't know if we can talk about stuff for an hour. Okay, let's let's. Okay. Moving on. All right. So now we're getting into some a different class of print and play games where you a game that is no longer available or that is prohibitively expensive saying, okay, well, if that game were available in modern times, what would it be like? So in modern times, modern times versus 1983, when this game came out, I Um, think I should double check my, I should fact check. Not all of these games are in that class. No, but the one that I'm about to talk about, let me fact check this. Let me real quick fact check. This might've been 78 instead. Um, Oh, 1979. Okay. So there is a board game that many people consider to be very desirable. Desirable. Wow, Jared. Today. The first time I said it wrong, the second time I did that on purpose. This entire episode, you've been flubbing all your words. I know. Uh, uh, Frank Herbert's Dune. It was published by Avalon Hill way back in the day. Um, and it's no longer available. Lots of people do print and plays of this, but specifically the one that I want to talk about is someone did a dice game version of Frank Herbert's Dune, the board game. Uh, this one is it's quicker. It's more modern. The design is sleeker and it uses dice. And this game is also available under the title. And I love this. Are you ready for this? How much do you know about Dune, John D? Have you ever read the book or seen the movies or anything? I think I've seen the movies. You okay. have to refresh me on the story and I could tell you. Um, it's fine. It. I just want to make this joke. Um, it's got the sand. Yes. Monsters. Yes. No, that's Tremors. Oh, that's Tremors. See? <laughs> no, it's for no, it's, Um Dice must flow. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen Dune. Uh, which I think is a, I mean, why wouldn't you just call it that? Um, 
But yeah, I remember this guy posted about it on on um, on Reddit a few years ago, and someone was like, "Why didn't you call it Dice Must Flow?" And he was like, "Oh my god, why didn't I call it that?" Um, so I mean, this takes anywhere between half an hour and two hours to play, depending on the player count, and it's a reimagining of the 1979 classic but with dice and it actually looks really nice. Uh, I've had the files for this one downloaded for quite a while. I've just been meaning to get around to it. Uh, at one point, that's the other thing about print and plays is so many people are like, I'm totally going to print this yeah. and play it. And I would say it's a very small percentage of people that ever actually get around to printing them and playing. Them. Yes. So here's the issue that I had with it. The reason that I didn't um, do it is because of the dice, they have custom facing there was, and I should have jumped at this, but I didn't do it. Um, there was a guy that ordered a whole bunch of custom dice for this game and was essentially like, hey, um, next month I'm going to place an order for custom dice. Uh, get with me. We'll do a group order. We'll all get copies of this game. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And I just didn't do it. Now, it's not as cool as ordering custom dice, but you alternatively... You can, there There are different things you can do when you're doing print and plays with special dice. Stickers. You can get stickers, you can get like blank stickers and like draw on them. Um, you, can, you can get like pretty cheap like custom stickers done. There are. Like you can get um, your own printed stick, like you can get stickers like blank stickers yes. at like Office Depot and print them yourself. Um, on Amazon, when I did the Mario Kart pitch car on Amazon, I ordered a sheet of, um, just square stickers that were the right size for the dice. Uh, it was like a dollar seventy five, something like that, for a sheet. Which and then you just print them. Yourself. I mean, it's expensive for a single sheet of paper, but versus uh, you know, custom dice, fifty bucks per die or whatever. Yeah. So yeah. I mean that that I mean it's not as cool as custom dice, but it's it's certainly doable if it you're just making a done. print and play at home. Yeah. There are also dice that you can get that are blank. Like if it's just something where you just need to put like your own like you know circles or just like whatever. You can get dice that are blank on the that you can like, you know, write on yourself. So there are there are different options for for dice that you need, you know, yeah. various things on them. Yeah, um, and I'm not trying to make it look like a professional commercial product or anything, but if I want to have this print and play, I want it to look nice. I don't want it to look like a shoebox, like <laughs> all of my small world that's in a in a box. Oh, you can't even see it from there. That. That thing that says Vintage Family Farm. <laughs> That's all of Small World, and it looks bad. Okay, well, um, now I don't know anything about this next one. You you found this one. The Doctor Who Solitary, Solitaire Story Game? Yeah. So it looked really cool to me. Um, let me pull it up so I can um, talk about it correctly. But so... Um, so the Doctor Who Storytell, uh, Storytell, the Doctor Who Solitaire Story Game is like a, it's like an adventure game, um, where you're the, do you're the doctor. Which one? Um. Is it, I mean, is it specific to this game? Does it have? Um, from what I can tell, there's different versions of it, so you can be different doctors. Oh, okay. Um, it looks like there's been different versions. Um, the one that I'm specifically looking at right now, um. It's a modern day adventure in the Sherwood Forest. Mm, wasn't that an episode, a Matt Smith episode? Um, this no, the Sherwood. I have maybe. I um, don't remember. There's actually, there's a bunch, of but episodes. there's a bunch of different adventures that that you can play through that take you through all kinds of different things. And you, um, I'll just read kind of what it says. Like, um, God, I can never say the name of this planet. Now, now, hold on, hold on. Hold on. How are they distributing this? Do they does the BBC know? Are they okay with this? Probably not. Okay, so this is another one of those where if this sounds interesting to you, you should download it before it gets but taken away. But it's been through. This is the second edition of it. Okay. So this is the the one I'm looking at. This is the second edition, and it's got brand new material from the 11th and 12th Doctors okay. eras. And the first edition had um I uh, had other doctors, so. Um, you get you re you get to reveal enemies. Each one has their own one page section, so it's really just an adventure style game. And you play it since it's a solitaire game. You just get to play it on your own, so you don't need a bunch of people. And it's just a cool game that you can print play by yourself. 
and it's an adventure game. Okay. So it sounds really cool, and I actually think I'm going to check this one out. And yeah. I say that, but with being a print and play, yeah, you won't do it. <laughs> I probably won't ever actually get around to it, but it sounds really cool. Uh, you know, I, I like Doctor Who quite a bit, but I don't know that I'd be willing to put in the work. I mean, it sounds really cool. Each each enemy gets its own one page section, and there's like an enemy book. See, well, okay. So what I would do with this is I would just upload all those images um, to Tabletop Simulator, and not have to do half of the work. But one, so one of the things that really, I'm not into solitaire games. I'm not into setting up a board game by myself. If I'm going to play a game by myself, I'll just play a video right, game. Except for it's not so much a board game. It's it's a web it's a web published game. Each, yeah. And and it's played. You use four different booklets. There's uh-huh. a rules booklet, an adventures booklet, an em- enemy booklet, and there's an event booklet. You use two six sided dice that are required, and you play through it using different booklets for the adventures for the rules. Each enemy has a one page section for the enemies. And then there's the different events that you play. Okay, through. I thought I thought this was a card style. It game is not a card I got, style. Game. I guess I got confused by solitaire. Yeah, it's solitaire because you play by yourself. Solitaire means yes, by by oneself, but also it's been associated with a card. It game. It has no. This is this is an adventure okay. story. This is a story. Well, so this is game. just a book. Yeah. So this is just someone made fan fiction. Yeah. And okay, so it's not really. Uh, okay, I guess it's sort of a game, but yeah, interesting. Um, but yeah, if yeah, if that sounds cool. Probably one of those ones you got to download before it gets taken off the internet. So Vast is another one of those that is an actual game, but there's a print and pay play available. Right. This is one of those with the, like the stripped down art and stuff, right? I, I think. Well, maybe we should look. <laughs> maybe we should look at it. I mean, we you have an actual copy of the game. We yeah. actually have several friends that have a copy of. Yeah, it's right there. Vast, Crystal Cabins, Vast, Miniatures Expansion, and then Vast, Fearsome Foes. Um, Okay, so this is four. This is the second printing. Um, Yeah, these are full color, full art. Yeah, these are full, yeah, full color, full art. You can, um, they have the punch boards. I mean, it's the full nine yards. But see, here's the thing is the actual, the, the game itself, when you buy it, it comes with Really, really nice components. I mean, the components are the the chipboard is really, it's a really yeah, nice, nice thick chipboard. So sure, you can print and play the game, and and you can you can print it on cart on nice cardboard cardstock and the whole nine yards, and you're gonna get the art, and you can spend a lot of money on your color ink, and you can and you'll have the game, but you're not gonna have the super nice components. So print and play the game. Find out that the game is really a great game, and I guarantee that you're going to decide to go out and buy the game anyway. I just want to know who who prints and plays these games. Like like, you know, I mean, I did it for Scoville, but it was just line yet. art essentially. Yeah, for a game that wasn't even available yet. I mean, a game like Vast, if you're going to print and play this, you're. I mean, that's a lot of color ink that you're going to spend. Yeah, and then you're going to spend a lot of time cutting out. I mean, I guess you could get like a, I'm assuming one of those, like an inch circles, maybe inch and a half. So you'll, you'll want to get a, a punch yeah, to punch those unless you want to sit there and actually cut all those circles out, which I wouldn't want to do that. But I mean, I'm sure there are people that print this, but I wouldn't want to do that. I would just buy the game because by the time you put all this work, you'll put the $50 of work Probably, into this yeah. just to buy the game. And you know what? I will tell you. This game is worth every penny you'd spend to buy the game. Well, and, and it's like that with the uh, the Tiny Epic games, too. Which we're moving into now. Yes. So the Tiny Epic games, all of them have print and plays. And we've talked about the fact that Johnny hasn't played any of the Tiny Epic games and yes. probably needs to. Yeah. Um, I've watched a lot of the Kickstarter videos for them, and they look real cool. Um, I actually really like their Kickstarter videos. But, uh, yeah. They all have print and plays. And uh, those I mean, games th- are not expensive games. Yeah, they appear to be in black and white, though, at least. So They are. Um, um, you're at least so, not spinning color. So especially when their Kickstarters are up, sure, print and play. and But once you've played a tiny epic game, you probably know that you're going to like the game. So, I mean, even if you're a fairly, even if you're somebody that doesn't have a lot of money to spend on games, 
by the time you print and play a lot of these games, especially the more inexpensive games like the Tiny Epic games. Yeah, I think they're like $20. By the time you spend the printer ink and, and the time you put into the game, you might as well just spend the 15 20 bucks to buy the game. I think there are a lot of people that don't value their time as much as maybe they should. And that's po- and that's fair. I mean, and there are some people like I saw somebody, I think, in the board game group on Facebook. They are really big into board games and their wife is really big into crafts. So that's a way that the two of them have found to really enjoy their hobbies together is the wife really has a good time doing the print and play like that. She she enjoys the crafting of doing the print and play for her husband. Yeah. And so then she does the crafting and then they play the game together after she like makes the print and play for him. Yeah. So that's one way that they found a way to enjoy their hobbies together. Yeah, I so guess I can that's nice. that's that's a really nice way that they found to kind of reconcile their their hobbies together. <laughs> We're watching the cat decide gauge if she can jump from one place to another. Oh she did it. <laughs> But yeah, so I can see like some people do these because they enjoy, you know, the making of the print and play. And I can, yeah. you know, I can see that. That's I, fair. I mean, I, I understand not. projects. There, there's sometimes when I'm like, I want to get this thing working and I spend more time getting it working. And then once it's working, I don't care about it anymore. Or you have like forever projects that you don't ever finish. Yeah. Like your. Like Pitch Car Mario Kart. Pitch Car Mario Kart. Yep. 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 Okay. Well, speaking of. Pitch cart Mario Kart, it uses chunky dice like from Yahtzee Jr. You know what else uses chunky dice like from Yahtzee Jr.? Chunky Fighters. Chunky Fighters. It is a dice game. Tell me about Chunky Fighters, Jared. Okay. So it uses the large, quote unquote, chunky dice like you would find in Yahtzee Jr. or. Um, or Dice Masters? Uh, no, those are normal size. Those are Or like not Dice smaller. Masters. I was thinking Star Wars. Oh, yes. Yes. What's the Star Wars yes. game that has those big, really nice oh dice? Oh, my gosh. What is it called? Um, but yes, like those. <laughs> it's a Star Wars game that has really nice <laughs> dice. Um, so y- you you have stickers that are different body parts, and you roll your dice to determine what weapons you have and such like that. So you have a head, a body, a legs, and a weapon. Um, and combat involves rolling the damage and hit location dice. And as you take damage, you rotate your body parts down to show whatever hit points until they're destroyed. It it is a it is a game that I'm honestly surprised has not yet been. It actually sounds really sold fun. to a designer. It actually sounds really fun. Um, actually, hold on. I say that, and I just went to look at the the board game geek. There is a box. Did someone pick this up? Did this recently get picked up or something? Well, if it did, wow. I mean, this looks like a professionally printed. This looks like a real box. I mean, you can get boxes printed. Well, yes. Yes. It could have been somebody wanted to um, make theirs look real. So they printed. Anyway, the point is um, the the rules for this are still available. Um, It may have been picked up for publish or something. Is there a publisher listed? There is, but I don't know. Hmm. I can't tell if this is a publisher or if this is just... Well, anyway. um, Okay, Print and Play Productions is one of the publishers, so we'll just say that. And then there's a company in France that's listed as a publisher. So maybe it has been picked up. Um, I don't know what Print and Play Productions is. Let's click on that and find out. Oh, we sell print and play titles as well as custom prototypes. So well, there you go. Okay. So it may be available through printplaygames.com where apparently they will produce a prototype for you. I mean, there are a lot of places where you can be like, here's some print and play files. And as long as it's not a licensed game, yeah, they won't you can... print you that Doctor Who game. No, but if as long as it's not a licensed game, if it's just like a print and play game that doesn't have a lot of art or whatever, yeah. then they'll be like, you can get you can get things printed on like nicer like nicer stock or chipboard or whatever. So print and play games is a subsidiary of Ad Magic, which is a ah. a printing company that does actual board games. Like actual games. Yep. So there you go. I guess it is available. You can get it printed. 
Um, I'm not seeing where the actual place to buy that is, but I'm sure if you want this game, you can figure it out for yourself. <laughs> um, if I can get those fun dice, then. Yeah, yeah. kind of want it. It sounds fun. Um, another game that was a print and play and now is actually available is Fish Cook. Um, this is another one of those games where you might as well just buy the retail version because it's like $5. Uh, but, you know, do what you want. Um, it, it also hasn't. Uh, can you buy the app on Google? I don't Play? know if you can buy it. I mean, there was an app that you could get through the Kickstarter. Yes. Um, the app's not great, guys. Um, Real talk. Unless they fixed it after the beta stuff on the Kickstarter. Which I don't remember seeing. I have not seen any updates from that Kickstarter since the beta. So yeah. I don't know if they fixed it and then put it on on Google Play. Um, uh, I don't know either. Because I honestly, I have not seen any updates from that Kickstarter. But in beta, that app was not great. Yeah, I backed it to get the dollars. I backed it to get the app because... The, like the um, money cards. I backed it to get the app because uh, I'd been told by Jared and the girl he was dating at the time how much fun the game was. Let me see if the print and play is even still available for this. It is. I mean, it's a, it's a fun game. Um, I enjoyed the game on the app. It's hmm. just the Actually, app, maybe it's not available anymore. The app was not great. It might not be available anymore. Well, you know, we're not. Oh, yep, there it is. Okay, you have to Google Fish Cook Print and Play Download. Um, I guess I can put a link to it. If you want, um, yum, yum, super fish, delicious. That was what I couldn't remember as look at this is, this is the greatest story in 1909, French chef Jacques, Le, Jacques uh, wow. Try that again. In 1909, French chef Jacques de Flanders <laughs> created a game called, ah, geez, Claude Hubert Lacree. <laughs> Uh, it was the first game in a series of board games about cooking. After inspiring several variations in the mid-century, the game was republished, some would say stolen, by Japanese publisher Shimizu Le Femme, which is not, well, again, that's not, that's not Japanese, and released as Yum Yum Super Fish Delicious. That's not a real story. I think It's not a real story. It's a game that James Ernst made, the guy... It makes all the amazing cheap games. Um, it's it's a cool game. It's got market manipulation. Um, uh, yeah, uh, it's a fun game. And the app. I can't speak to the app, but the app gave you the idea of the game. It's just the app was not well executed. Well, there you go. It's a bad app. Um, and OK, so John D and I found this really interesting game called First Snow. And it is a nine-card game. It only uses nine cards. So easy print and play. Extremely easy. It does not take much to print it at all. A single sheet of paper. Yep. Um, it is a game about, and I, yeah, I don't know if this is PC or not, but an Inuit wandering through a changing landscape, hunting for food, gathering wood. I mean, that's the correct name for them. Right. Um. It gets difficult. It gets more difficult the longer you play. Um, and there's a, a polar bear. It uses worker placement mechanisms and some resource management. And it's, I mean, it's cards, nine cards. It's just, I mean, front and back, nine cards. So, yeah, you can print this out at home and you can check it out. It won a ton of awards in a print and play contest, it won like best, best game, best art, best mechanics. I really think this one is worth checking out. Yeah. Uh, and, and I mean, it's, you can print it on a, a piece of paper. Well, I guess two pieces of paper because yeah, you need the front and the, the back, are, but yeah, but the art's like really cute. Yeah. And I highly recommend if you don't have a color printer, take it to the library or no, whatever. You I have a better idea. Printer. If you don't have a color printer, drive to your parents' house in the middle of February during a snowstorm <laughs> and print it out on their printer. And what's Nothing really cool will go on wrong. BGG, if you look at 
Um, if you go to the game, there's a designer's diary for it. Oh, wow. Is there really? Yeah, there is. Oh, yeah. I always think it's really cool. Oh, wow. There's like scribbles and doodles. Oh, wow. That's really cool. Yeah, I really enjoy reading designer's diaries for games. Um, yeah, we'll we'll try to put a link um, to that as well. Yeah. Mm, I guess I should go ahead because it's going to make my job easier later. I should just copy and paste that link right now. Okay, well, that was a list of like, I don't know, 15 games. 15 games. Something like that, yeah. And we'll also, there's a there's a really good um, geek list on, on BGG that has a lot of um, print and play games that they... The people for this geek list, they have a certain rating and above. Way more than what we talked about. Yeah, so we'll go ahead and link that list uh, as well. Yeah, and you can check that out and maybe print some, play some, or just do what I would do and just load them into Tabletop Simulator and try them there. Yep. Okay, well, recipe. So Recipe before Kickstarter. Cinco de Mayo is coming up because really... Cinco de Drinko. Yeah. So really, any recipe works for print and play theme because you make recipes at home. So so we have um, a piece of paper that you print a piece of food, uh, a picture of food on, and then you eat the paper. Yum. But no, Cinco de Mayo is coming up, and my mother-in-law has a really great recipe for guacamole. So I'm going to share her guacamole recipe, and it's really easy to make. Yeah, you take a, uh, an avocado, and you cut it in half. You take the, the pit out, and then you grab a spoon, and you eat it. Um, no, there is more to guacamole than just <laughs> avocado. Are you sure? I am sure. Okay. Well, I guess I trust you. But it's a really, it's a really easy recipe, and it's really tasty. So I will share that recipe. Cool. Cool. Thanks. All right. Let's talk about Kickstarters. Yes, Kickstarters. Let's talk about Jared. Jared's. Oh, mine first. Even yeah. though yours is first. Okay. Yep. Um, there is a game. Coming to uh, it's on Kickstarter right now, so it's not coming to to Kickstarter. Kickstarter. It's already on Kickstarter. Uh, It is called Village Pillage. It is a thirty-minute game of risk and betrayal. Um, I have backed games from this company before, and they they come, they arrive, they're real. They weren't delayed forever and never heard from again. Uh, But what drove me to this is it comes with turnip tokens. (laughs) So this these game has me wooden, conflicted. These little wooden turnips. So many things about this game have me conflicted. So it has a print and play. It does. It has a print. It and has play. a print and play. It's I've connected it into this episode. Thematically, uh, I don't think yours has a print and play. No, it is thematically relevant for that reason. Okay, but see here's, you know, it's got the betrayal. Is thing. Is it the rock paper scissors mechanic that you don't like? No, that's not it. I mean, okay. It's got it's got a betrayal thing, and you know, I like games that have betrayal stuff. And it's got a food thing. You know, it's got the little turnips. And I think that's really yeah. cool. But it's got simultaneous play. It does, but it doesn't. It does, but it has, you know, it has, it has simultaneous reveal. So what you do is you choose cards from your hand. You put them down. You okay. put one on each side I mean, of you. I haven't watched the video you're yet. You're attacking so. your neighbors. So, so like, it's not like real time. Right. If there's like a four player game, what you're doing is you're taking two cards, you're putting them down, everybody else's. And then simultaneously, everyone reveals what they have. So Fair. that's the simultaneous part. Okay, so it's not like a real time. Right. And then it's got a rock, paper, scissors style mechanic where all the cards are powerful against certain cards, but weak against other cards. So you'll compare what you've played to what your neighbors played. And if they played a card that attacks your card, then their thingy happens. Um, and then you pick up all your cards and you play again. Oh, my God. I love these turnips. I know. Aren't they cool? Yes. And you get 50 of them. I thought it was more than that. I thought you it was like 70. 50 wooden turnips. And they okay. are not available post Kickstarter. Oh, well, this is 72. I'm looking at it right now. It says 50 wooden turnips not available post Kickstarter. Okay, but I want to know why it says what's in the box. 72 turnip tokens. Why? Why? Give me the right amount, please. Well, maybe you get 72 tokens, <sighs> but you get 50 wooden ones. Maybe. Maybe. Because it says Kickstarter exclusive 50 wooden turnips. Well, hurry up and help me fund this because at $15,000, there's a chicken token. Oh, shut up. And more to come. Oh, yeah. Man. Oh, here we go. Um, well, okay. Never mind. It doesn't say anything about it. 
And I, I like this. John D. You also like this. Um, you can add on their previous games as uh, add-ons. I like that. A lot of companies do that. Um, a lot of them don't, which you, you promised me you would rant about whenever you were talking about your Kickstarter. Yeah, I mean, yeah. What is your Kickstarter, John D.? So my Kickstarter is Grifter's Nexus. It's an indie boards and cards game. And it's actually an expansion. It's a standalone expansion that's also an expansion to uh, another game that they have that's called Grifters, which is kind of a, I don't know, what would you call it? A, 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 I would a call it a hand-building game. It is a hand-building yes. game. Because you're hiring those people to put them, it's, it's not a deck-building, because no. you only have like seven cards. Yeah, it's not a deck-building game. So you, they say it's recruit the team, do the job, get paid. Um, Jared did not love the game, but no, I didn't. I mean, it was okay. I, I don't even remember if I won or if I lost horribly. I don't remember like ranking wise what I happened. We with played scoring. at Geekway last year, but yeah, I didn't super care for it. I mean, it wasn't a bad game. It just didn't click with me. Yeah, I really um, enjoyed it. It was a fun game. Um, it, it, I wouldn't say it's going to make it like my top 10 list or anything, but I did enjoy the game. I liked the theme. Uh, it's like a dystopian futuristic yeah it, it is set in the same universe as like the resistance and um yeah whatever other games they have set in that yeah universe and um, i know there's more that i and i like remember. the art um a lot i i it's it's cool so here's my beef um with the way that they have their pledge there's only three pledge levels i think one no there's more than that but um they don't, since this is an expansion, and well, it is a, it is a standalone. standalone expansion, but the expansion also works as an expansion for grifters. So I think if you have a game that is an expansion, you need to have a level on your Kickstarter where people that don't have the other game can back it and get both the base game and the expansion. And yes, I realize that this game is a standalone uh-huh. game, but it is also an expansion. Okay. Well, let me ask you this, John D. Did you read the $49 pledge level? <laughs> Where it says, one copy of Grifters Nexus with all the stretch goals unlocked during this project and one copy of Grifters, including all the stretch goals from the first Grifters Kickstarter. I did not see that. <laughs> <laughs> well then that your, is just, your argument still is valid it is still about i was valid. gonna say that is then that, that is just a rant for because a lot of kickstarters <laughs> do not offer that so that is just a general rant then. right right um because that is a, still a very valid point. it is it is a valid point uh, not on this not on, not this, on this one but um, in general yes yes i do agree with you that if if i'm if you've got a game on kickstarter and i see it and i'm like oh that looks really cool oh it's an expansion i don't have the base game yeah. Um, and you're like, base game, not available in retail stores because it sold so well. Here's an expansion for it. Hopefully, the money we make from this Kickstarter, we can reprint the base game. Okay. Well, then make it so I can also pledge and get the base game as a reward, too. Because right. I'm not going to back your project for if your I expansion can't. if I can't use your... It just makes sense. Like, you make sense. your project, uh, you know, we're going to reprint the base game you know, make that a part of your funding. Yeah. Um, because here, I mean, here's real talk. People are not going to back. If you're printing just, especially if you're printing just an expansion, you've got to make it available for people to get the base game with your expansion. Because there are going to be people out there that missed the first. Yes. The first game. And there's going to be people like me who might not want to run to the store and grab the game. Or they might want to support, legitimately support your Kickstarter yeah. by getting that base game through you. And let me tell you, as somebody that's running a Kickstarter or somebody as somebody that works for a board game company and runs Kickstarters, those extra funds that people will throw your way to back that other game really can help your Kickstarter. Yeah, so, especially if your margins are not very tight. I mean, like if your game retails for $50, but it costs you $19 for every copy to, to produce or whatever. I mean, I don't know. Hypothetically. Um, and you're selling that game on Kickstarter. You get all of that markup that you can then sink into this project and also your business in general. 
because you're not paying a distributor, you're not paying for retail overhead. I mean, I'm sure those margins are wrong, but those are the first numbers that I thought of. So well, I mean, and they're going to be different for every company. They will. They will be different for every company, for every project. But, but yeah, I mean, I'm not saying like the next zombie side game that goes on Kickstarter, they need to have made available every single other zombie side project. Well, and you don't but, have to make your entire library available yeah. either. But if you have games that are related to the game, that if you you're have, a small publishing company and you're like, hey, I've got this expansion for this game, everybody check it out. Give me money. Um, the base game's not available in retail stores. Good luck getting it. Yeah, you're going to lose a lot of potential backers that I way. hope that you either backed the first Kickstarter or came to Gen Con or Origins or Essen and picked up what remaining stock we had from our first printing because we're never printing that again, but here's an expansion for it. You're, yeah. You're cutting out all of your potential future market. Yeah, so that's just my little rant about thinking about what, you know, your potential backers and yeah. how to appeal to a larger audience by um, offering the ability to get your, the base game or related games that you have in your... Yep, it just makes your, sense to me. It does. So, well, with that in mind, until next time... You can eat chit and dice. Bye-bye. Eat Shit and Dice is an independent production of Swin Media and is distributed under a Creative Commons license. Attribution, non-commercial, share alike, 4.0 international. Please, please support my expansion on Kickstarter today. Go to www.kickstarter.com slash projects slash a bunch of numbers. Slash Ira Glass. Slash, <laughs> slash Ira Glass at npr.org <laughs> to bid on this wonderful expansion that will only work. With the long out of print. Dune. <laughs> Introducing Children of Dune, an expansion for the 1979 Avalon Hill classic, Dune. You can't do that. Nobody's going to back that. Nobody's going to help support your company if you're <laughs> like, hey, I hope you have this game that's been out of print for 40 years because here's an expansion for it.